0: IBEC, the voice of Irish business.
1: In this episode of IBEC Responds, IBEC Executive Director of Lobbying and Influence, Fergal O'Brien, and IBEC Chief Economist, Gerard Brady, discuss the key findings from our 2024 Q4 Economic Outlook. With the economy now entering a period of slowdown and consolidation, government decisions on labour costs are now a major concern for business. Hi, I'm Gerard Brady, and welcome to another episode of IBEC Response. I'm here with uh, our Director of Lobbying and Influence, Fergal O'Brien. Fergal, we have a new economic outlook out today. What are we saying about the world as it is and as it kind of has been over the last couple of years?
0: Hi, Gerard. Um, It kind of feels like a new chapter, I think, for the Irish economy. You know, when you look at it, and so when you look back at where we've come from the last, say, four years in particular, right, I think in many ways kind of all the COVID noise it kind of distracted us in some way to what was actually happening in the economy. And I, look, it, it was hard to diagnose it. But when you look back now, it's very clear that the last four years have been an absolutely spectacular period, period for the Irish economy. You know, like, like we came out of the kind of Great Recession, you know, we recovered, we started exporting and we were doing all of those things. And we could see, like an IBEC, we could see it through our the kind of scale of the investment that was coming into the economy all the time. But in the last four years, some, something different has happened. And for me, you know, one of the things that, that really stood out from the outlook this time around was that positioning of the scale of employment growth in that four-year period. You know, when you think of some of the spectacular phases we've gone through for the Irish economy over the last 20, 25 years, and yet the last four years stands out as the record, the record period of employment growth through all the Celtic Tiger years and all the recovery years, 350,000 new jobs in four years. And that's been spectacular. So I think it's kind of good to take stock of that. So, because we'll talk about the trends in a second, I know, and we've lots to say in them. But that level shift in four years has really been spectacular, I think.
1: So if you were coming into a, as you say, a new phase of the Irish economy, the last phase that we've actually just come through was really noisy. There was mm-hmm. lots going on mm-hmm. with COVID and, and things in the global economy, supply chains and all the rest that that were very, very noisy. But if you look at the key indicator that people look at to judge the Irish economy in the very long term, Are we importing or exporting people? Are we creating jobs or are we losing jobs? And on both of those fronts, we've had the strongest period in the history of the state, effectively, in both creating jobs and in terms of being able to keep and grow the population at the same time. They had really, really strong periods on both. And that, looking forward, uh, there's a kind of a sense that that can't continue forever. Is that what we're kind of taking out of it?
0: I think that's absolutely the case like the pace of growth that we saw in investment uh, in the resulting exports and then that crucial indicator in terms of employment like it was was spectacular like there was no country in the developed world that was delivering the kind of numbers that the Irish economy was over the last four years and you know we, we are seeing the resultant capacity pressures you know coming from that period of spectacular growth so I think a period of consolidation you know with investment in particular and the, the the services and the scale of the state catching up to a degree with what's been happening in the private sector is probably beneficial to our long term prosperity and the sustainability of the Irish economy and all the quality of life issues. So it feels like a consolidate take stock and recalibrate in terms of some of our investment ambition.
1: We've talked in the past, I know, about the kind of unbalanced nature in some ways of Irish growth in that the private sector has had these absolutely spectacular years and and the public sector has struggled to keep up. But because we have the National Development Plan, we have other things that are now starting to kick off, Housing for All is starting to deliver more houses, all those kind of plans coming through... And a bit of a slowdown in the private sector at the same time. Are we seeing a kind of a rebalancing that kind of it's probably a good thing for the Irish economy? And even if you talk to lots of our members, we had huge challenges finding workers over the last number of years that now there's a kind of a sense that the labour market's going to be a bit more normal and a bit less hectic than it was. and, And that maybe that's a good thing for a period of time, too.
0: Yeah, and look, very often we see this in history in terms of the lag of the state and the public sector, you know, catching up with what's been happening in, in the private sector. And I think we are about to maybe enter that phase. But let, maybe let, let me ask you a question, you know, with your taxation, public finances and kind of fiscal hat on. And we're speaking today in advance of the key November um, Exchequer Returns being published, um, so we could be made to look foolish very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> but, What's your view in terms of that? I and mean, we'll talk. We'll come back to the economy in a moment in terms of the trends, right? But what's your view in terms of where we are with the public finances? And I suppose to that crucial point, if the economy is consolidating, will we still have the resources to do what we need to do? To to deliver that catch-up in terms of the role of the state and public infrastructure keeping pace with what the private sector has delivered.
1: So given the time it is, we are now at uh, just past two o'clock uh, on the day of the, the announcement. So we get later this news about what's happened with November corporate tax returns. And all throughout the year, our view has been, there are, you know, you've seen some, some weakness in some months, some strength in others during the year. And a lot of it is tied to, you know, a small number of companies, um, in, in our view, but that you'll see okay. Not spectacular. We're not going to see another huge we've got so used to huge outperformances in, in corporate tax, but you're gonna see a a normal ish year reflective of, you know, an economy that's slowing but isn't on a real big downturn. Um that that that's what I guess we'll see tomorrow. We can edit this piece out if I'm if I'm <laughs> wrong. Um we have uh we have probably going forward a different dynamic than we've had in the last couple of years. Like, if you think about uh, corporate tax alone, has doubled in scale in about three years, and that has allowed, from a fiscal perspective, from a government perspective, and from from the perspective of of both the state and. All the people drawing on the state in various ways, wanting the state to do more of various things, it has allowed them to do an awful lot. It has allowed them to save, it's allowed us to spend a lot of money and it's allowed us to avoid issues of prioritisation that normally dog uh, governments and dog societies and trying to decide what's best. I think we're probably out of that phase now we're entering a phase where we will have to prioritize. Um and and I think look we've talked a lot about the infrastructure fund the government have introduced. It's a really good way of prioritising to make sure that you if you if you have the money temporarily that you put some of that money away to make sure that you have a, a consistent basis for continuing to invest, because that's the priority out of if there's one thing Ibek has said consistently for a decade, it's that investment gap and the investment needs of the economy continue to be met. So I th- I think we can still do All the things we need to do in terms of those investment needs, in terms of the the competitiveness needs and the growing population and all of the challenges we have, but it will require more prioritisation than it has probably in the past because we won't get bailed out by, by big corporate tax surprises, at least this year now that doesn't mean it doesn't happen again in the future but for a proportion of income taxpayers but an even smaller proportion of companies to to keep the lights on um, and and I think that's a that's a thing we're going to have to reflect on in the coming years coming back out of this Go, going on to another issue for like when we look at the kind of look into next year um what businesses are looking out for what the big challenges are so that's one big challenge this kind of corporate tax story and what it means for the state but at a kind of a business level, at a, at a bring it back to the basics of the business of business is business kind of level, what's the, what's the big challenges you see next year for, for business apart from this kind of global challenge and slowdown that
0: we see coming? And I suppose there, if you look at the the root of that global slowdown, you know, look it 's very much back to inflation and all of the challenges for for businesses in terms of cost of doing business and the cost of money um, and both of those generally have meant tighter margins for business um, at the extremities. there will be some business models who won 't survive that normalization of of interest rates right and again we've said this on a number of occasions that you know what we're seeing now it's it's not just the business cycle yes there's an element of the business cycle in terms of the central bank um um response to to inflation but there's also the normalisation because we've said it many times, we've just been in a spectacularly unnatural period of, of, of monetary policy for the bones of a I mean, decade. We're
1: probably in recorded history, the lowest period of interest rates. We have never had zero interest yeah. rates for a decade before. And in an Irish context, we had more or less no inflation for a decade as well. So it had you had two things, a confluence of those two things at once, which just gave spectacular
0: um, bandwidth for, for companies to grow in that environment right and as we come out of that interest interest rates and cost of doing business stroke inflation and again look inflation's coming down I think it's going to be very positive for 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 businesses for next year in the in the context of expectations in the economy you know we're going to be looking more like a 3% inflation rate rather than where we've been maybe in around double that um but the, the key trend's going to be it, it it is going to be tighter margins right and i think we're going to see the competitiveness issues just coming to the fore much more significantly we talk about consolidation for the economy we're going to see it at, at the firm level, I think, in terms of consolidation of some of the growth that's happened in the last number of years. And what's going to be mo- much more important then is that businesses are going to be focusing on their costs. And the biggest concerns coming through from our engagement with members is all around the government policy impacted labour cost hikes that we're experiencing. them, And I think there's some great analysis, again, that, that you have in the outlook in relation to the aggregate of that cost. You know, we've been so frustrated that this has happened in, in an uncoordinated way. The fact that we're having this jump on a living wage, we're doing the auto-enrolment, the pension, we're doing statutory sick pay, we're doing all of the other additional leaves. We're doing it all at the same time. And that bill, we're estimating, is going to be £4 billion a year to our members and to business across the economy. And that's a real challenge and something that government really need, needs to urgently address. And, and, they're,
1: and they're probably... At least my sense is there isn't enough... There isn't an appreciation of the scale of that because all of these things are happening separately. uh, That they've happened very very separately from each other there's no over, overarching plan here that has kind of brought this all together and costed it in fact I think we're costing it for the first time in that we've come out with various estimates of it over time but the, the government who are putting it together are still working on the cost of it and, and reflecting we it We've challenged right? them to do so we've
0: challenged yeah. them to, to, to add up all those costs uh, it's come from different government departments um, you know the latest increase um, coming from, from Minister Humphreys through the Department of Social Protection with the point 0.1% increase in, in employers PRSI um, uh, again, it seems um, very much at the margins, but even that point one percent is actually a significant annual cost when, when that when that's going to be fully rolled up, and when you aggregate it with all the other pieces. And I think that's why we're 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 identifying that aggregate cost of the four binial billion Annual costs, and that's before you get into some of the regulatory costs, you know, the kind of the, the cost of, of, of kind of administering all of these things. Um, it's a very significant jolt to competitiveness. And, and both from a European
1: perspective, in terms of corporate reporting requirements, in terms of domestically, we're going to see some of the reporting requirements that are only for large companies extend down to SMEs next year. There's new reporting requirements from revenue commissioners. Like uh, for, for anyone looking at their business, the, the kind of HR teams and finance teams that are going to be having to implement all these reporting requirements next year are going to be the most stressed division of any company in the in the coming 12, 18 months. I think
0: the key trend we're going to see in 2020, forager I think is going to be um, almost a reappraisal of. Business models and business plans—we've become—we've come through such a period of change, you know, even on the the, the inflation and and on the on the interest rate cycle. Um, I think we see a lot of companies taking stock. They're going to stress test their business models now to a new normal of a higher level of cost because again, inflation comes down, the level of cost is not going to come down, and on what they'll regard as a new normal in terms of cost of money going forward. So. We know because of the spectacular period of growth in the economy in the last number of years, there's going to be loads of opportunity, and I think lots of people can be really optimistic in terms of what the Irish economy is going to bring over the next number of years. But business models will just need to recalibrate to the new realities, and within that recalibration, I think the competitiveness agenda is something that we and IBIC are going to be pushing really, really strongly on. And we've
1: we've written about it as well in, in a kind of a global context. Like, so we have the local flavour of these huge government costs, but there's a huge focus on this competitiveness agenda globally now. We see it in Europe, lots of our equivalents across the the big industrial economies worrying significantly about costs, about energy costs, about increased competition back in the global economy as, as kind of China turns outward and, and like one of the most spectacular figures that, that we looked at when we were looking at um, at this is the the competition the car industry in Europe for example faces from, from China now where, where they're now the biggest car producers in the world and lots of different competition coming into different sectors at the same time Europe a high cost of doing business environment Ireland within Europe a very high cost of doing business environment and then all these costs on top of it going to be a big challenge in, in the next year or so.
0: And I think the real Insight from the from the Chinese car export data is actually the pace of change that can happen in a globalised economy. You know, you're looking at four or five-fold increase in, in exports in the space of kind of three to four years. You know, it's, yes. it's spectacular. So how quickly business models can be disrupted. Um, so I think that's kind of the key theme I think we would take in maybe for, for next year is reassessment, recalibration, uh, consolidation, and really strong focus in terms of bottom line cost of doing business and competitiveness. And it's it's a, another year of everyone having to earn their
1: living a little harder uh, than, than maybe uh, it has been in the in the recent past, in, in particular with low interest rates and them coming back up again, right? Yeah, I think that's very much going to be the case. Fergal, thanks very much for your input today and our economic outlook is out today and up on the IBEC website for anyone interested to read more detail.
0: Thanks, sure. sir.
1: We hope that you enjoyed this episode of Ibec responds. To explore our full podcast offering, visit ibec.ie/podcasts, and make sure to follow Ibec Podcasts to stay up to date with new episodes.
0: Ibec, the voice of Irish business.